Dun, 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 dun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, well, mostly ages of probably about 13 and up. Welcome yeah. to the Unfiltered Experience, where we are here to expand your horizons and your confidence and your ability to love and care for yourself here on the Unfiltered Experience. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach. And of course, I am joined by the awesome Scott Coyette. Thanks, Chris. That was nice of you to call me awesome. I appreciate that. You are That's awesome. Really nice. you are You're awesome my brother too, from another mother, man. I'm You're fucking it. taller than a fucking house, but. <laughs> I've always used to be in the tallest person, like usually around. And also when you and I got together, it was like, hi, Scott. Was like, uh... <laughs> I, am I just keep eating, man. I eat well. That's why. Yeah. You're you're six four, right? Yeah. It's not I even that like once you play basketball or you realize it's not that tall. It depends where you are. You know, like I go to like a, a family event. I'm always the big freak. Then I go to the court and it's like you're just another dude. So. Yeah, you you get up to a, to a guy who's six seven and you're like, fuck, I feel like I'm five two. That's when I know people are taller because there's a weird kink in my neck that I'm usually, I don't realize that I'm always looking down. And so I think everyone's the same height. If you said, how tall was that person? Like my height. And they're like, dude, they were five, three. Cause anything like this is normal. The minute I go like this, I'm like, oh, they're six, five, they're six, six, they're six, seven. Then eventually I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, they're seven feet. That hurts. Do you so, run, against, yeah. run up against people who are seven feet tall? The tallest guy I recovered for was the university of district Columbia and he was seven feet tall. Can you imagine being fucking seven feet tall for your entire life? Like going through door. I mean, every yeah. fucking thing is being a pain in the ass. Getting an in airplane, the car, everything. Dude, even first class on an airplane barely fits me. So you get a flatbed seat overseas that you pay a lud ludicrous amount of money to get on. They're made for the most six foot six. And they're usually made to fit just barely six foot four. So when I'm laying flat on that, my head's like against the top and my feet are I'm barely in it. I like squish up, but I'm, I'm not complaining. But imagine if you're seven feet, it's like, I just paid 10 grand for a freaking ticket and I still don't fit. Like what am I supposed to sleep in the aisle? Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you just buy your own plane. You make sure you're damn good at basketball and you can buy your own plane and make a seven foot seat. Right. There you go. That's what it's all about. We got Robert Broker in the house. He says, Hey, Christopher and Scott, what's up, Robert? Hope you had a beautiful week. Can't believe it's already Friday already. Like we were just mm -hmm. literally having the conversation last Friday about me. Like you interviewed me and I, I swear to God this week, I don't know for you. It's just like, they're just bolting by. It's like, we're going to be, that's October already. It's insane. like, what the hell, man? I went to Italy in, in June. It's like, yeah. it's insane how fast time is going by. It really is. It's like, there's so many, I've got a group of students from Denmark and uh, that I'm teaching about uh, international business and sustainability here in the U S and how we, you know, do make sure companies more sustainable. Um, we've got a new class I'm teaching. We've got coaching groups. There's just, there's so much interaction that the second I talk to one group, it's like, boom, at the end of the week, boom, the end of the week. And it just keeps going and going. It's amazing. So, yeah. And you've got, you've got some cool stuff coming up, don't you? You got a, you got a trip down to Florida happening. There's supposed to be a trip to Florida happening. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm supposed to be speaking to some group, um, a group of nurses. I just found out I'm probably going to be working with um, the VA, the veterans administration doing teaching stress management. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm just smiling, teaching, helping, supporting, and, somehow getting my bills paid so i love it love it and yeah. tonight we've got a special duo we got a duo tonight <clears throat> oh, yeah. um why don't you do the honors and introducing them absolutely so these beautiful humans um some of you who know um susan marie who's been on the show she was kind enough to introduce me to this young lady and her husband and i'm going to be on um their show as well too which we did a recording it's going to be coming out soon so without further ado i'd like to introduce the amazing humans david and Giselle Tarawa. What's up, David Hello. and Giselle? Hi. Welcome to the Unfiltered Hi. Experience. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Oh, yeah. How are you beautiful souls doing tonight? 
Wonderful. We're doing good. Yeah, really good. Thank you for having us. Oh, no, it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor. I mean, any friends of Scott's by all means, I mean, and, and we've had Susan Marie on the show a couple of times and she's been a fan favorite, you know, for us for having the deep metaphysical talks about uh, how we can connect better to source and our higher vibrations, our higher frequencies. So we appreciate you being on here and I'll let uh, Scott ask the first question. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing, David. I had a great chance to meet Giselle in our discussions and the talk that we had. And I was listening to so many similarities um, about you guys and my wife and I, Kim, and how we're on this journey together and we're able to be mirrors to one another and help one another elevate and build. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, the center that you guys have created, how you guys are co-mingling in it. Um, you know, there's so many people, I'm sure, that say, listen, I don't want to work in any way with my spouse. And then, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you guys and my wife and I are doing it and somehow we haven't killed each other. So maybe just talk about that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I guess it's our our individual journeys kind of brought us together and led to the uh, the, the commingling, as you put it, in the creation of the Maitri Center. So it was I desired to do something and share, and give back to what I felt I could do, and, and just trying to shine for people in my own way. Quite a few years ago. And uh, Giselle, at that moment, wasn't really ready for things, so I put it off. And now um, you fast forward a few more years, and it just seems to uh, the, the our energies aligned, I guess you could say, and um, things came together. And so we set up a, a virtual center that we um, we do uh, workshops and and um, mainly workshops now because yeah. of COVID and the whole bit. And, and we do coaching. Um, well, you do coaching. Yeah. For and it's basically it's all about a loving compassion. So it's learning to, uh, well, we try to share our understanding of what love is, and what compassion is, and how people can bring more of that into their own lives, and then reflect back from their their out picturing a different experience that is uh, cool. more aligned. So what to is so what are. is your understanding of love? Because everybody, I always that was my, that was my question. To, yep. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a different. <laughs> You know, you ask you ask a thousand people what does love mean to you, yeah. you're gonna get a thousand. It's a very, very opaque word. It's not a very transparent word. So what does love and compassion mean to both of you? For okay, I'll go. That's a that's a big it's a big question. You started it. You started it. There is no one one definition of love for me. For me, it's more of a to keep it simple, it's a it's like a frequency, we'll say, right? Yeah. So it's a bandwidth because we all kind of live within different bandwidths, we'll say, of energy. I don't know. I don't want to get off the no, rails too no, quickly. No, no, no. no, no. Go, no, go no, as far off the okay, rails so, as you want. We like it. Yeah. There. So, so love is a is is it's a it's a it's just a it's a method of expressing. It's it's something that ties us all together. And truly love, like we focus in on unconditional love because that's where we kind of feel love truly begins. So unconditional love is very, very challenging at times. And it's not, it's not mushy. It's not granola eating. It's, it can be very <laughs> challenging, right? It can be very pushing on you, very uncomfortable and lead to lonely, dark nights. But that is as much love as the love that I share for my wife. 
if that makes any sense in a nutshell. Now you can well, answer. Yeah. <laughs> of so, course. And one of the things that, you know, we each of us have discovered in our journey is that you can't really have that unconditional love for other people unless you have it for yourself. Yes. It is truly when I love and accept myself unconditionally, fully, for all the things that I think that make me flawed as a yeah. is in this human 3D body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and it's acknowledging that. And from that space. I can then open myself up to unconditionally love other people. You know, at the time when I was conditionally loving myself and and needing, you know, external sources of love and validation, I needed people to be different. I needed my husband to be different. I needed things from him. But when I started to fully love and embrace myself, only then did I realize he didn't need to be different. I I could just unconditionally Mm -hmm. love him. But the interesting thing that happened was that when I changed, our relationship changed. It yes. became more harmonious. Everything that I'd been desiring and wishing for yeah. happened harmoniously and naturally with ease and grace. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the main things that we have learned. And, and you nailed it. Sorry to take all the mic time, but she nailed it self-love. So like everything is is self-love. Like I don't want to say that it's a, it's a very blanket statement, but it is. It all comes from within yeah. and then it gets out pictured into the physical world that we all kind of play in. And then you get back, right? A reflection based on what you are putting out there from yourself, by yourself, the whole victim that has to kind of fall away to the side when you, in order to truly get into where we describe love right yeah. and then compassion compassion is a big is an aspect of love it's a it's a like we i define it as a it's an expression or a, an, an act of love so to yeah. speak and i think one of the things that also helped us understand like how to truly tap into that unconditional love um oh, what was i going to say I'm sorry, I just kind of lost it. Well, uh, what it was really going to tap into that unconditional love. Oh, is is the understanding that, you know, this is this is really just the human experience and there's a higher version of ourselves. There's that the soul spirit and that cannot be broken. Mm. So when I saw myself as a victim was when I really saw myself as this human being that could be negatively impacted by other people. Yeah. I didn't realize, and it was thanks to my husband that helped me realize that I was constantly giving my way, my power to other people. And so I was picturing myself as a victim. And therefore, because of that created that duality that I, other people needed to play the perpetrator Mm. role. And when I accepted full responsibility for my energy and for my, for what I was giving away, I really could come at relationships from a place of mutual understanding and love and in mutual seeing the divinity in other people as well as in myself. Amen. I love that. And, and I want to talk about, cause I love this kind of stuff. I want to talk about, so the, the process and the journey you kind of alluded to before when you were seeking that external validation, talk to us about your childhood experiences and, and what type of environments you, you grew up in. And what was that pivotal moment where you started seeing things from a different perspective? Yeah. Um, do you want to do first? Or I'll do first? Okay. I, right. I can start. Um, so I grew up with two individuals who had experienced various levels of child abuse and neglect. Um, and so actually, uh, parents, I kind of right? had a dream to rest. Yeah, my parents. Okay. Um, and so my sister and I really kind of had a lot of experiences where we were taught the survival skills of trauma people. So even though we so we had the same skills, don't trust anyone. I certainly didn't trust people. Very guarded, very armed. Um, 
believed life was negative. It was always out to get you and you're always waiting for the shoe to drop. And so I walked around in life with kind of my guard on, you know, not allowing myself to get hurt, but also not allowing love in either. Um, and so I decided that I wanted to go into the child welfare system and try to help rescue people so that what I was basically doing was trying to rescue myself and my mother. Yep. Um, and so, but that's, that came later on with the learning. And then eventually I hit a wall. I hit a wall of suffering. And I said to myself, I remember saying to myself, I would rather leave this incarnation than continue going into this path. And I think that's when I opened up myself to the understanding that I was uh, harming myself with my negative thinking. And I didn't realize that I was harming myself with my negative thinking. Uh, really, actually, you know, I, I've had pain in my life, um, but I kept re-traumatizing myself with my thinking. So every mm -hmm. time I remember the pain, every time I didn't want to address the emotions, I kept re-traumatizing myself. And so when I realized that I was hurting myself, I also realized I had the power to heal myself. Yes. And so also in my relationship with David, I, I obviously, I feel have chosen him on purpose in that um, he's helped me on my journey, understand those pieces, understand when I was not open and, and, and willing to love because I wasn't willing to love myself. Mm -hmm. um, and in so that I, you know, enabled myself to really, um, see those aspects of myself that I didn't really like and fully embrace them. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Uh, okay. My story is <laughs> my story. So I feel in, in this lifetime, cause I'm a firm believer in reincarnation and, and, and all that, the wheel yeah. of life kind of thing. Um, so in this particular lifetime, it's funny you mentioned this question because we just were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and there's like I'm having memories come back about my early years that I kind of repressed and just let go. Yeah. They're not negative memories, but they're memories of how I how awoke I was back then as a child in certain ways and like the conversations I had with my parents and recognizing like when they used to argue oh a ton so but recognizing things about their relationship and and myself and 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 then you just repress that to try and be normal right and fit into what quote unquote society so to speak right so i had a pretty good upbringing pretty good childhood it was at i was oof. i spent a lot of time by myself like everybody else does i wasn't uh I, like I don't know. I don't want to reflect on anything like it was a bad thing or a good thing. It was the experience that brought me here today. So it yeah. was perfect. Like when I reflect back on it, I can go into a lot of different identities, right? About how I felt shitty here and I was wrong done here and I did the bad thing to this person here. And But I choose not to, I, I choose not to energize that any more than because I lived it, it's done. It's part of who I am, yep. and the identities that I have now, have, I'm creating new. I'm letting go of old, and it's all kind of beautiful for that. And if, and if I may add, like that was one of the things that I really had to realize that through my thoughts and beliefs, I created these habits which form these identities. Amen. And I became, and I really absorbed these identities. 
And so this unlearning journey, I unlearning all of the things, because I we truly believe that at our core we are loving, compassionate. 100%. We are that's who we are at our core. But we've learned all of these things that prevent us from really feeling that love for ourselves and for other people. Yeah. Um, and so as I was unlearning, I had to let go of a lot of identities. And so, yeah. but there's there's such a fear in letting go of that because mm. if I'm not this victim, who am I? Mm-hmm. If I'm not this mother, who am I? If I'm not this wife, who am I? Who is this? Who who is this being? Who really is this <laughs> yeah, being? Right. And and in getting to know this being, I'm not using a her or a him. It's been a beautiful. It is a beautiful journey, an ongoing journey. And so it, it really is about allowing and letting go. I sorry. I just have to share this story before I, somebody asks me a question. But um, I love the conversations that my husband and I have have been kind of you know amazing for me because one of the things we talk about is the definition of compassion. Mm-hmm. And he would say to me, you know, compassion is allowing all things to be. And I was like, really? What about child abuse? What about, yeah. like, you know, crime and whatever? And he would say, you know, it's the resistance that allows these to stay and manifest. It's the resistance that we're not. It's about allowance and then choosing what we want to create. But I really fought that for so long. It was like, no, I have to be this hero that rescues the children or, or helps the environment or whatever. And so letting go of that identity and needing to fix and seeing the true perfection that already exists in people has been a good a good journey for me. Mm. And it's not about turning a blind eye to any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> true. No, we, I, I fully hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, so, so I heard a new definition of a word recently. Um, I guess it's probably the, always been the definition. I just didn't get the full definition. But I was listening to um, someone explain twin flames, and it sounded different than what I comprehended it to be. So I went and looked it up in more depth. And mm-hmm. my assumption was it's that person you meet, you're supposed to be with, everything's going to be super amazing, it's all fluid, and the world changes because the two of you came together. Mm-hmm. And the depth of what I found out that it really said it is, and David, you were just talking about it. You were saying looking at the shadows, defining love, you see all of it. You said once I change, you know, the relationship change and you start taking accountability what the twin flame really supposedly is it's two people who are always going to up level each other so there's going to mm-hmm. be no stagnancy so the two people come together by some divine intervention like we chose but we chose to be challenged and i want you know you guys to answer this and chris to answer this do you guys think that maybe your twin flames aka marriage to one another so you're going to have beautiful times together there's going to be romance there's going to be wonderful times but when you look and you look at the mirror and suddenly you're holding up the mirror, you're going, are you where you want to be? Mm-hmm. And that's where that friction comes from. It's not bad friction. It's up leveling. It's saying, I saw some stagnancy. You told me you want to be bigger and better. You want to be everything you can be in the perfection of your spirit. Where yeah. are you? And so yeah. do you guys think that you might be that for each other? And I'd love to hear Chris's feedback about, you know, um, him and Barbara's yeah, too. I'm like, curious what you would say. Do you want to go first, Chris? This is like the Newlywood game, so we're going to put. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I'm gonna, I'm we, we have Giselle's answer this question backstage. And here's my sign. I'm going to pull so, the sign up and validate I, I, what she said. <laughs> I think you hit it on the head. Really, the twin flame isn't a. It's not a. We, okay, so as humans, we want to humanize everything. So we we have we've taken religion and we've humanized it. We've taken science and that's a human understanding of our experience. And so it's all wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you were speaking to something that was beyond the human experience, which is to keep it simple. You or your reflection is your twin flame. 
because all all there all you have is you like you have your energy scott you have your energy christopher i have mine and giselle has giselle's we don't ever from my understanding we don't ever share or give each other identities or sorry energy you you purely are responsible for yourself 100 percent, and me and, and all the rest of us what we do is we mix and mingle and then we have in the physical world we have these wonderful ability to have agreements where i can see christopher and punch him in the face and he'll hurt because mm. no but you know what i'm saying and he'll and we can have that but really you are creating that experience for yourself i'm creating the experience of the perpetrator for myself, but we have that beautiful ability to mix and bingle, which creates this wonderful experience of being with others in the physical world. But True. to your point, the twin flame is, is that aspect of you that isn't here, but it kind of will be here at some point. It's the part that we are in resistance to and we're not expressing through ourselves. So when we talk about unconditional love, it's about expressing for yourself. And then, you know, you may think, oh, I'm feeling a lot of love from those people. But no, you're reflecting a yeah. potential. So those people are now elevated if they choose to. And then they can shine and you kind of bathe in that wonderful stuff. Mm -hmm. So that would be my two cents. I love Not it. that that's a definite, yeah. that's just <laughs> my opinion. On the thing. Yeah. I'm interested yeah. to hear what Christopher has to say. Yeah. I can, you can go ahead, Christopher, and then I can go ahead at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question. I think for, I think there's so many different things that come, that come into my mind because I, I know that we attract, um, that's what we seek out. And I think a lot of this stuff is predefined in, in our in our previous incarnation of to say, look, listen, I need to attract these type of people into my life to learn these types of lessons and to expand my particular growth. And I've seen more times than, than not, we often attract in our partner some semblance of who our mother or our father was. So mm -hmm. even talking to Barb, she's like, you know, we were talking about one day and I said, so how am I like your dad? And she's like, what do you mean by like that? And I said, what aspects of me are like your dad? And she didn't even ever recognize it, but she started, well, you're like this. And she's like, this. she goes, wow, you're a lot like my dad. And I said, so what is it about me that you would, that, that you're with me for? And she goes, and I got her to, to, to walk through this because I knew what her answer was going to be. She goes, I'd like to have a different experience with my dad through you like seeing that different type of energy. And I said, that's mm -hmm. funny you mentioned that because I see a lot of my mom in you. You're a very strong, independent woman, da, 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 da. And I'm also finding that I'm trying to seek, you know, validation and significance from you because I've done that with all my different types of relationships. And so I think to answer your question, Scott, I think it's important to, to be aware and cognizant of that and not to fight that, but also to, to, to embrace it and to look to see how you can mutually grow together from that experience and from that awareness. And so mm -hmm. I think that's important and, and to not try to fix what it is that you didn't have were able to fix in your previous relationships or with your parents or anything like that. It's about experiencing that and saying, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And so that's what Barb and I really focus on is like, we're in a situation and I'll sit there and I'll think to myself, I'm like, wow, you're really reminding me of my mom. You're right. You're reminding, uh, you're reminding me of, yeah, my mom. It was weird yeah. how I said that in my brain. Um, and so I sit there and I go, okay, what is it? What is it that I need to heal and nurture from my relationship and from my my perception and my expectations from my mother that I'm that I'm putting onto you? You know that mirror that type of situation on you, and so it, as long as I don't think it's about her and I know that it's about the the root cause of the situation, she's the symptom, but the root cause, then it allows me to discover more of what types of healing that I need to do. Like you were saying, um, David is about you know repressing those kinds of things because I had a very traumatic childhood. 
Well, I won't go into all the details, but um, so sometimes we find in others the things in ourselves that we don't necessarily like. So I think for us, it's about that awareness and what we need to do as far as our deeper healing and then grow together as a result from that and share those wins and those experiences. What about you, Mr. Beautifully Scott? said. Yeah, beautifully said. Well, actually, um, so from my perspective, it's, it's, you know what? So where my brain went really was around, um, I, I feel like everyone is our soulmate from that perspective. It, everybody mirrors to us what we need to heal within ourselves. Yep. And so one of the things that I toy with really thinking about is what if our worst enemies are really our bestest friends because yeah. they're really mirroring to us that which we really need to heal. What if we set up? Yeah. So, so, what if we set up that experience beforehand and say, "Okay, you're going to play the enemy. I'm going to play the victim," so that we really both decide to choose to who we're going to be, like to to choose that um, more loving and compassionate approach. And you know, like going back to David's definition of allowing all things to be, one of the things that I really thought about is is that there is really no inherent good or bad except what we interpret in it. And if we really believe like we do about reincarnation and that the soul can never be broken, we are always in our power. And it's just the 3D human that feels hurt, that, that feels shame, that feels guilt, that feels all of these emotions and makes them wrong. So suppresses them. But when we allow that to those experiences to pass, when we, we welcome our shame, we welcome our guilt and, and even our kind to our mind, we can allow them to pass and really not get stuck in the story. Like, you know, David's always telling me, are you stuck in the story? <laughs> and sometimes that's like, oh, you know, because when I'm stuck David in the thought? story and he tells me that, yeah, I'm like, oh. That's exactly how I said. No, <laughs> no, that was my wife. Reaction. My wife has a husband voice. That's why I was laughing at that. She's like, <laughs> no, no, like, no. When it's like, you know, I'm like, just stuck in the story. And I'm like, oh, I love that. I love that. You know, it really yeah. is. It really is about that perspective. And I think now in today's world that this conversation right now is so timely because so many people are looking at you're wrong and I'm right. You're a part of that group. I'm a part of this group. And this, this divisiveness that seems to be going on, we're at the same point. It's like, and I, I was just telling somebody this earlier today, we often don't like in others what we don't like in ourselves. And yeah. so we could just sit there and have that awareness and that clarity to say, okay, listen, this person's pissing me off. Why? What is it? What am I making mm. this mean about myself? And what deeper work do I need to be doing in order so I don't have that projection of that coming back on me from this particular individual? Mm-hmm. For me personally, when I when I sit there and I do that work and I'm like, okay, what is it about that person that's, that's upsetting me? Okay, they remind me of myself when I was a dick. They remind me of my mom in those situations. <laughs> what can I learn from this? What can I gain from this particular situation? Um, it's not always easy, but I think now more than ever, people need to go back to that. What you guys talked about at the beginning was that self-love component. So what kind of advice and suggestions would you guys have for people who are struggling right now? Because I'll share this story with you. During COVID, um, one of my ways to give back and just pay it forward, just help people out was giving out these complimentary coaching calls. It was just a, like a way to just for me just to give my gift and share with somebody just to kind of give them hope and lift them up and let somebody know that was there to care for them. And I probably did a couple hundred of them. And through the process, probably about, I don't know, maybe into maybe 75 in, I started recognizing a pattern. And I said, something just told me, God source whispered, just said, ask them if they love themselves. And so I sat there and I, prep, I, I I set up this question. I said, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to think about it too hard, but I want you to give me your gut reaction. Um, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And I, as I said it the first time, I thought, fuck, this is a stupid question. And I started seeing people were doing on Zoom and I started seeing people. Well, yeah, I guess so. Or for the most part, or wow, I never really thought some people were like, yeah, of course I love myself. And I could tell those people like truly love themselves based on the way they carried themselves in the conversation up until that point. But 
going through and finding out like 75% of these people did not love themselves or had challenged loving them, loving themselves. And I said, can you see how the other results of your life are predicated on the fact of that self-love that you're doing things to find external validation, external things like that. What can we help people with as far as having that forgiveness and empathy for themselves, for maybe transgressions they did that they're not proud of or situations and experiences they had in their life that they still want to blame their parents for as to why they are the way they are. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a deep question. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I would say is be willing, yeah. be willing to, because that's one of the things that I find in the people that I work with is, is that they're, there's a lot of resistance to loving yourself. Some people have been taught that it's narcissistic or that, you know, it's very self-indulgent and it's not motivating. I have to motivate myself with criticism in a negative voice. Um, so I often ask, you know, if you were talking to your bestest friend or the person you love the most, what advice would you give them? Would you treat them the same way that you're treating yourself? And often the answer is no. They'll be like, no, no, you know, I would advise her this or I would tell her to live your dreams. And I'm like, so what's happening here? Like, why, why is it that you can't, well, I can't do it for myself or it feels too difficult. And so willing being, at least being willing actually helps people relax like into that, that not feeling like, Oh, I have to love myself now. Like, you know, why am I not loving myself? Because it's a learned response. It's a, a lot of the times we don't feel like if our parents react in a specific way. So one of the things when I was uh, coaching somebody recently, they were talking about uh, their parents and how they needed them to be behave perfectly. They needed them to be perfect in order for them to be lovable. And their love was very conditional. And one of the things that we were talking about was the fact that, you know, when you are not good at regulating yourself as an adult, you need the external or you need the kids to behave in a certain way in order for you to feel peace. So you need yeah. them to change your behavior in order for you to, to feel you know, to feel calm, to feel confident. And so that's why you see a lot of parents will say, you need to be quiet. You need to simmer down. You need to behave. You need to be, because then I can feel peace. I can't yeah. regulate myself enough. So it's not, it wasn't the kid's fault. And so, but a lot of kids internalize it and say, oh, I'm not worthy of that attention. I'm not mm -hmm. worthy of them allowing to be myself. You know, I'm not worthy of them acknowledging me. But really what it was is that the parent wasn't able to give what they weren't able to give to themselves. Yeah. And so often these parents didn't receive that kind of love and compassion in that they were not seen and valued. And so they, they don't have the capacity. It's actually sometimes triggering for them to show physical emotions, to show that, that, that kind of love, it can feel very unsafe for them if they didn't receive that. And so helping people understand that it was not about them, that they were not unlovable or unworthy. We're all lovable and we're all worthy. We all have the capacity and, and should be able to live our dreams to the highest capacity. We all deserve it. It's our birthright. <clears throat> and so helping people understand that and understand some of their experiences in, mm -hmm. in going more into the heart and away from the mind. Yeah. Love that. What about you, David? What do you, what do you think about um, that question? To add to that yeah. <laughs> beautiful answer, I would say that in the beginning stages, like the, the energies around of the collective consciousness on earth have jumped up a level because mm -hmm. of COVID and just all the things that came out of COVID and even what brought COVID to be, so to speak, mm -hmm. it, it kind of everything increased. So people are, um, there's a light that is now shining on a lot of the shadows that oh, yeah. people kept 
at bay for a long, long time, right? There was a wonderful status quo of living my life in this way and everything was good. It was bumpy. You know, I, I got beat on this. I bumped it, but I could do it, right? It was livable. But now we're at a level where we kind of went up an octave, we'll say, or, uh, or a, a note, if you even want to go that way. Then there's light being shine on them. Now that is pushing people to explore what you what your question is, whether they want to or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I would say the vast majority of people that are still here on earth don't really, weren't looking for change, put it that way. Let's yeah. just say they weren't necessarily seeking for <laughs> inward growth. But there, it's kind of like, we're we're all being pushed like lemmings off the off the cliff to kind of expand our consciousness. So my advice to to that because I, I think that's the majority of people. I don't want to speak for everybody, but if you've had really no awakenings until that point, and you're kind of feeling very uncomfortable because you feel the life's pushing on you and things are getting harder and all this, well, that's when you. You have to choose. It's about consciously making an, an effort, like a choice, a, sorry, a decision to, to say that, okay, I'm willing to get to know me more. Because yeah. that's what this is all about. It's all about your relationship with yourself. So all the things that Giselle discussed, which is right on point, it's all reflections of, of your relationship with yourself. And that, like the question, do you love yourself? took me a long time to like of course i could tell you yeah i love myself i love myself but when i stood in front of the mirror mm -hmm. right years ago and had that conversation with myself and actually looked in my eye and said that yeah. oh my god it was horrible it was freaking horrible and you and literally, you literally did that right you literally did that right absolutely yeah. i think that's so important to actually do oh. it actually in front of a mirror yes i love yeah. that yeah because I had, by that time, I had read many books. I had done classes. Mm -hmm. I had done this. And this is not my first kick at the human experience can by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So I was there, but I was very mental. So in this lifetime, I was, I'm mental. Like, not mental crazy. Well, I guess you could say that. But mental meaning I'm, I was very much locked in the, the, um, left side of my brain the analytical processor the you know the rational mind that this or this this and this and i can solve so that's the starting point where we all kind of come from like we're we're so we're so caught in that world that we live in that this time right now is an opportunity to go a little bit beyond that so you're not going to leave this world you're not but just to make a conscious decision if you're willing to because the first thing is to talk to yourself so yeah. if you can actually say to yourself in your moments of having your quiet time a little bit of reflection you know when you just had a horrible day and you're like why is this constantly <laughs> happening to me well then if you can sit down with yourself and have an honest conversation and just say like am i willing to get to know myself better and truly genuinely mean it then you've already you've already started your journey and once you start your journey it's gonna it's gonna go like it's gonna snowball you will whether you want to or not you're going to go through the growth and the expansion that you came here to do and that's a little more yeah i was uh, just gonna mention something, I guess. <laughs> something that you had said really uh, triggered in me that you know, one of the things that we also talk about is is the allowance, is that a lot of the suffering we experience is that we have such a resistance to our pain. We yeah. have such resistance yeah. to the things that come up. When we have looked in the mirror and thought, oh, you know, I love myself, who am I kidding? 
right? It's it's that resistance that we don't want to see, but in the allowance, in the allowing things to flow, because energy is about flow. Life is about flow. Mm. And in and, and that resistance, that's what co- causes us harm. That's what causes us illness. That's what causes us to be out of balance. Yeah. And so it really is allowing the things and welcoming them and not making them wrong, you know, not making ourselves wrong, actually meeting these emotions with kindness and with love and compassion, yeah. I think that's what kind of helps the journey to heal. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it is because we're our worst critics. We are absolutely yeah. our worst critics. So before I even could ask to my answer the question, do I love myself? It was, do I like myself? Yeah. Do I like myself? Yeah. Like, do I truly like myself? And that's a challenging question. Mm-hmm. When you truly start to break away and break down the identities that you held like a brick wall around yourselves, which, and you can see it in people, people walk around and they all, we all have walls. We all have boundaries around us, mm-hmm. right? We all do. Like you meet people and their best, you know, I'm a very, I'm a social creature, but when, you know, to go back on, uh, you were talking about our relationship, how we brought us together. Giselle used to reflect on like, how, how can you talk to strangers? How can you just go up to somebody and talk to them? Yeah, right. It because was, cause I, 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 I lived in yeah. <laughs> I lived in Toronto, and so the first time that I went, I, I think we were care. dating, and it was him and his sister, and and they were walking down the street, and they were like, "Hey, Joe, hey, so and so," and I'm like, "Do you know those people?" Because it, when I when I lived in Toronto, it was like you, it was blinders. You did not look at anyone, and also add to you that, didn't. My, yeah, add to <laughs> that my backpack of not trusting anyone, and so yeah, so, it was like, "My, do you know those people?" Because there was a, even there was a lack of safety. Even our even our family wasn't safe. Yeah. Even people that were close to us weren't safe. When you grew up in that kind of abusive environment, like even there's in it took it took me a long time to figure out that my safety comes from within. It, that it, when it, I'm when I feel safe, I'm I'm safe, right? Like it's it come it came yeah, from. Yeah, you've within. got your expectations. Like as long as these things this criteria is met, then I it's, then it's I will. Be. Yeah. But you don't know until you know, because I remember we were driving in the car mm-hmm. and, and we were dating and y- like, not that I'm perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination, but we're just talking about walls cool. and you had a very defined wall around yeah, you. I did. But you, it was, you were, you were totally oblivious to it. You had yeah. no idea. You were just, hey, status quo, I'm the center. It's everything's awesome, which it was for 90% of it. But then you had this brick wall. So I turned to you in the car as we were driving yeah. down the highway and I said, how long? And you're like, what do you mean? How long? I said, how long are you going to hide behind that brick wall? And you, and, but it wasn't that we were arguing or anything. No, we were just having a conversation. Just, we were just having a conversation. And like right there, you could see like, oh my God, like, yeah. no, I never even went down that road of, I identifying that I had any walls. So start by taking easy, like have easy questions, have easy conversations with yourself. Cause until you wake up and you want to learn these things for yourself, people like we talk, you can talk to people. I'm sure you've experienced that. You talk to people until you're blue in the face Uh or you're saying the same thing over and over again until somebody takes it in and owns it for themselves, which is what we all do. Cause then they'll come to you and say like, guess what I just came up with. (laughs) Such and such a thing. You're like, well, we just talked about that for years last later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's when they absorb that's how it, it happens, they take ownership right? of because it. they're ready for that. So yeah. it has to come from within. So that's our, yeah. my two cents. Yeah, no, you answer correctly. Okay. <laughs> What's my prize? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> I can see Scott's now. He's got a question burning. No, no I'm just sitting here relaxing. <laughs> Really, I got, right. of, I got a bunch of questions, but I don't want to hog up the whole No, I was, I always have too many questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off today. Today is observance, and that's really what we're talking about right now. Don't attach to all these things. Observe, 
So I'm going to practice what I speak. I'm going to sit here in this green shirt doing some. Good <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, good. Yeah. Looks good. You know, and one of the things that was David was talking, I remembered as well is that, you know, one of the things that we have to acknowledge for ourselves is that when we get triggered, that's when really at the point where we are at the, at the potential of most growth. Yes. Because yeah. we are being triggered because there's something to heal within ourselves. And normally what happens is we want to shut it down. Mm. Now I had enough safety with David that I could be, okay, maybe there's something there, yeah. right? <laughs> but sometimes we get triggered because we get mirrored by other people and we don't like what we see. And so going back to David's point, be willing to look at the reflection, not with like harshness or anger or shame or guilt, yeah. but just with with a, with a desire to really get to know yourself more, to, with curious. a desire to really get to know. Yeah, get curious. That's yeah, a very to get curious. Story. Curious mm -hmm. is, is yeah, a great component cool. of compassion. It's well, true. We, we, we lose that as kids. We lose yeah, that as kids. Do. I mean, we're kids. We're curious. We know everything. There's like new discoveries yeah. and everything else. But then there's a yeah. point where it comes like, okay, curiosity, you know, is dangerous and everything else. And I'm just curious with you, Giselle, especially, you know, with, with, with the breaking down of the walls and the barriers, how did that impact your relationships with people you knew previously, perhaps your parents and things of that nature, your sibling? How did that start to change um, those relationships mm. as you started getting more aware of your own self? Yeah. So, so thank you for asking that question. I appreciate that. Um, I think it, it helped me to forgive. Nice. It helped me. So once I took responsibility for my own self-love and self-compassion and gave myself what I was looking for externally. So if I didn't feel validated, I would give it to myself. If I, if I didn't feel lovable, I would give my, I would turn that love inward when I didn't need any more externally from but the people in my life. I could forgive them. I could understand that they could only give to me to the level that they could give themselves. Yeah. So my relationship shifted. Like I, I don't really need, so when I get together with the people I love, I truly enjoy it. I love them. I don't need them to be different. Um, I, I'm really, I shifted away from that, the need for them to change or the need for them to, to be different or to grow or to expand. You kind of go back to that definition that David had of compassion, allowing all things to be understanding that my 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 loved ones the people in my life are on their journey and they are part of the divine and if they don't get it right in this life they'll get it right in the next life i don't need to fix anyone i don't need to fix anything i i only need to see the perfection within myself and other people and yeah. they can either align to that as david said mm. or not mm. right yeah yeah okay that is Good beautiful um okay scott since you're not gonna ask a question um i, I can ask questions <laughs> um, so i just so had one and it just went i had it and then it just went out my head so okay, here's something that, that comes back a lot and you know again I, I i obviously practice the same stuff that we're talking about you know I'll, I'll, I'll go to the space of source you know susan Marie calls it seatedness i just call it you know i'm in source i'm there and when i'm coming here i'm in practice because this is a, a space that um, we've created time, you know, the human construct of time, we have time, I have limited time to do things. So when I have people who I know are going to be triggering because they're going to do things that don't fit into a smoothness, you know, we talked about a frequency, like frequency of love, like I want to be in a space where everybody's in that love frequency and people aren't yanking me all over the place. So, you know, you're talking about Chris's question was, do you forgive those people that have empathy for those people? I can do all that, but I just won't hang out with them. What do you do in that situation? Because I see myself constantly shedding certain, not shedding them for my life. They're still in my life. I love them. When we hang out, I'll be cordial. And I love you. But I know that they're going to drag my vibe down because of their energy. 
So do you mm -hmm. avoid those people? Are you, are you so good at what you do? The triggers don't even affect you. Cause I'm not there yet. Absolutely. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, can I have a bunch That's of a that? So the, yeah, it's a good, it is a very good question. And you, you hit one word you said, well, you, there are how their energy affects you. Yeah. So how their energy affects you is how you identify with sure. that person to allow that to happen because you're hundred percent responsible for your energy. Yeah. So if you're feeling in a place where you are balanced and centered, okay, that's wonderful. So you can go anywhere and still be balanced and centered, but there's an identity that you have, or a, a, could be a, a cluster of identities that you have that the relationship, when you're in a, a relationship with these people, that's when those identities are, are, are they come up, right? Mm -hmm. And when they come up with resistance, well, that means that they're no longer working for you how you want them to work for you or how they did in the past because you're not in the same place you were. So then you have to have that conversation with yourself. Okay, what identities, if you really want to explore it, you can say, what identities are, are am I holding on to that no longer work for me? Just let it come to you. Don't think it. None of this. You don't think any of this stuff. You just put the question out there and see what bounces back to you. And then you go to a place of allowance. And if you choose to and you allow them to go, they're going to fade away. Now, what happens is your relationship may may fall apart, but your relationship may be transmuted into something very different. So the next time you interact with these people, you're not going to see them the same way as you just, as you saw them in the previous thing, because that identity is no longer in your, in your toolbox. We'll say like, you no longer hold on to that. So you're going to, that will be replaced with something else. So to answer your question, how does it affect me? Well, yeah, people fade away, but my relationships also change with people. And that's only like what Giselle keeps talking about. It's only because it's the relationship with myself is changing, right? Because nine times out of 10, when I'm triggered by somebody, it's something, it's an identity that I no longer want, but I'm dragging around with me like a suitcase and I want to open it up and just, you know, let it go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that answer. And just yeah. real quick before, I just want to say one thing as that's happening, are you guys noticing that right now, because so many of us are up leveling so fast that if you're in people with people, the similar frequencies, every time I do what you're saying, where I'm like, yeah. what is it in me that I can shift? Then I come back and I'm like, shit, there's two new things to shift because yeah. they up level. We like, are you seeing that it's, con it's constant? Like, yeah, yeah but try like not to think about it person. so much. Like you can get caught in your mind, like, uh -huh. cause the mind is a wonderful trap in a, in a way right it was a beautiful yeah. thing it served its purpose it but where, where you're talking about the things that you're talking about are, are beyond the mind right like sure. where, where you're going is beyond the mind and we can't we can't even put words to what that truly means because we want to do it from within the mind so as yeah. soon as you do it within the mind well i come up with a wonderful definition which will be constructed in the rational mind and grounded in the rational mind it'll have nothing to do with outside and beyond the rational mind so my advice to you is then you know go easy on yourself right like if you need to have time by yourself have time by yourself my teens or my adult years i would hate 
hate, and I don't say hate ever, mm-hmm. hate to go into a crowd because the energies that I was feeling from the crowd would be so overwhelming. I would just be like, I hate it. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, as we change and as we grow, you, you get more sensitive, right? So you start to pick up things and then you have to honor yourself and honor yourself first. If you need a day off from your friends, okay, take a day off from your friends. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and be easy on yourself too, right? We're all going to stumble. That's all. great. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I learned in my own journey, and I don't know if, if you find this resonates with you, is that the more I stand in my own authority energetically, the less people affect me. Yeah. In, the, in their mood. Um, and so I have this cute little story that I was, I was at Starbucks one day and, uh, and I was standing in line and a person came in and their energy was off. There was something not like, you know, no, seriously. And so I was standing in line and I thought, to me, but there was people blocking the door. And I said to myself, okay, stay or go, stay or go. Cause I, I said to myself, something's off about this person. It's, it's this is not feeling good. And so I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to go because there's people blocking the door. I'm just going to be love. I'm just going to extend love. I'm just going to, and this is just, it was just me playing. And so I just started feeling the energy of love and I started extending that person, that person love. And that's where I held it. And the person looked right, came up, looked right at me and said, I can't be here and left the Starbucks. And half the people didn't notice. Other people were like, what happened? And then I was like, so then after I left, I, I texted my friend. I was like, oh my God, like this happened. And so what I've noticed is when I'm willing to reimagine people and see them in the higher light, they will either align or they will leave. And most often I find people align. Yeah. I do find that it's it's my own image of that I think people who they are being. And so because the mind doesn't like to be wrong, we seek confirmation of who we yeah, think people true. are being and ignore anything that doesn't validate what we believe. Mm-hmm. But if I'm willing to reimagine people and see them in their highest light, usually they were aligned to that. Yeah. At least that has been my experience. Right. I but I would say just to yeah. contradict you, not to yeah, yeah. No, 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 think, from, from the other perspective, yeah. the same scenario, yeah. you are you are identified, right? And so the reflection's coming back to you yeah. and it's irritating you. But nine times out of 10, the energy that the person is, is is not what we perceive them to be because True. we perceive a person and yeah. we put all our crap on them as mm-hmm. they're this way, yeah, they're this yeah. way, they're this True. way. So I would challenge that you had that in, in interaction yeah. at that moment when you just became love, that identity released. Released, yeah. And that person now in their own, from their own volition, it was too much for them. And so they had to go in the other times we, we usually have a lot of success because we have, you know, we see people differently, Yeah. but we're not seeing, we're seeing, we're <clears throat> allowing ourselves to see yeah. differently. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's yeah. for me, it's, it's all about us. Like that's the yeah. thing that we kind of, it's very challenging because we live in the outside world, right? We live in, yeah. like, think about it. We're, having a conversation with you two guys who are thousands of kilometers away or miles away. Yeah. But really I'm having a conversation with myself in a perspective, right? Yeah. Right now. <laughs> we all are. It's, it's weird. It's so We're true. not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I, I love this. I love this conversation. What you guys are talking about reminds me of how I was able to see people in a different light. Number the two different situations I'll share with you. Number one with my mom, I had so much anger and resentment towards her in the way she treated me. We were homeless for four years out on the street. She picked mm. her cats and her dogs before me. It's all this craziness. Wow. And it wasn't until 
like throughout her adult life, she would sit there and say, I'm four years old. I'm three years old. My mom, you're a fucking grown ass adult. Why don't you start acting like it? What's this fucking four years old bullshit? You're fucking, what the hell? And she clung <laughs> on to her stuffed animals and everything else. And I was just so mad at her. She was not fitting my expectation of what an adult was, what a mother should yeah. be, what a parent should be and everything else. And then one day it dawned on me and I'm like, what happened for her at four years old? I started doing this child psychology stuff and started realizing that between the ages of zero and five, that's really who we become based on all the mm. different inputs and the beliefs that we have and what we're trying to do to seek that validation, right versus wrong and all of the different stuff. And I'm like, what happened to her? I'm like, oh, her parents divorced when she was four years old. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow. and then it dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute, let me think about this. If I went through all the experiences that she went through, all the different relationships, all the different inputs, all the different failures and mistakes and everything else that she went through, might I be like her? And my instinct wanted to say, no, fuck that. No, I'm smarter than that. No, I would never put my son through this. But when I got real with myself, I'm like, might I be? Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a large probability that I might just be like exactly like her. And so once I started thinking about it from a deeper level, it's like, she's here, like you said before, you said that they're here on their journey. And that's one thing that saved me in my personal relationship because I wanted to fix everybody. I know the answers of what I can do to help fix you, but yeah. you're here on your journey. I can't rob you of that ex particular experience. She was here on her journey trying to figure out herself. I was here because I called her into this experience to say, listen, for my own personal growth, I need somebody to challenge me in such a way. Like you said, David, before I'm the man I am today because of all the shit I went through. Everything mm -hmm. that has happened up until now is preparing me for what's next. And so I think mm -hmm. what we can leave the, the viewers and the listeners tonight is once you change your perspective about yourself and about the people around in your world and what type of role they provide mm -hmm. and how you can sit there and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? How can I gain from this? Then it becomes a whole different ball game. And so yeah. that's something that has tremendously helped me in these particular situations. And the other thing I'll share is that to your point, like when I look at people now and I, I get pissed off at them, like I try to look at them from a space of who are you as a kid? And are you still that little boy or that little girl trapped in an adult body trying to figure it all out? You know, we we we're, we got all these different inputs going through our life. We want to be older. We want to grow up. And all of a sudden we grow up and we're like, fuck, this isn't the thing I signed up for. <laughs> but once I started putting myself in that perspective and say, how can I see this person from a little boy or a little girl? You know, somebody stomping their feet and like the, the Republicans are bad or the Democrats are bad, the COVID's fake and, you know, whatever it might mm -hmm. be. Where are those people as little kids? Why are they so, what, what happened in their fucking life? So I could sit there and go have some empathy and compassion. And then like Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, how can I seek first to understand? Tell me about, I just ask him the question, like, tell me about your childhood. What kind of environment were you raised in? Sure enough, I'll find there are situations in their childhood that help them become the people they are today. And, and I'll give you guys an example. It's a fucked up example, but we're watching the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. <gasps> Holy shit. Right. I'd have no I desire to watch it and everything else. And I, we saw the opening thing and I was just like, fuck, this is crazy. But my first question was like, I wonder what his childhood was like. And so they started doing flashback sequences to, to his childhood. And I'm like, did he have love? Did he have proper care? Did, if he had mental issues, was he taken to have help and, and everything else? And he wasn't. He yeah. was actually introduced to the dissecting. I mean, I won't go into the whole story, but allowed me to have somewhat some compassion for him in his journey. Do I agree with that? No. Absolutely not. But I think that if he had a different experience as a child, his outcome would have been totally different as well. So I think to all of our points tonight, I think the, the basis of the conversation is that we have to take responsibility for our actions, be open mm -hmm. and willing to go down that road and to have that growth and to get uncomfortable with ourselves. Because at the end of that, that opportunity, that growth, then we can go back and help other people go through that same transitional process and be there for them like we are here being here in the conversation tonight. So we definitely want to have you guys back on the show. There's so many different places we can go off of. And the fact that you guys are just beautiful people here wanting to share. Um, talk to us a little bit before we wrap up. Um, what is it that you do with your clients and how can people work with you? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think as we mentioned earlier, so we offer coaching. 
we do workshops as well. Um, and uh, we also work within the workplace too, is, is there's a lot of uh, kind of a lack of compassion in the workplace is that mm-hmm. we, we see that the workplace is really is um, shifting. There's a reimagining of what work really means and, and do we have to do the grind and can we treat each other humanely and can we really uh, work from the flow instead of the grind and can we really just reimagine those places um, and so yeah so if you come on our website um, www.maitricentre.com uh, right you will there. find uh, all of our services there as well we also do something called the loving compassion podcast we have people like the beautiful scott who uh, come and share their experiences of how you know how loving compassion has positively impacted their lives in the world and we have conversations such as the one we've had today about mm-hmm. um you know you know what if the people that are kind of our worst enemies could they be our bestest friends and that they're they're really asking us to step up into our own power and really stop giving our authority away to people yeah um one of the things i think i, I we, that i would like to end the uh, conversation with is just reminding people that they have the power to heal that they have everything they need within themselves in order to get there and you know like for us it's like you know we assist people in their journey, but it is their journey. They have to be willing to show up for themselves, to be there for themselves, to give love for themselves. And so it, this is really just a beautiful journey that we're all kind of taking together in finding, like, you know, finding, walking each other all the way home, right? So. Yeah. I've been hearing yeah. that a lot lately. <laughs> oh, well, you guys are beautiful people. We appreciate you for being here on the Unfiltered Experience. We'll definitely have you back. We're going to put you backstage here for a second, and Scott right. and I are going to end out the show, but don't go anywhere. Appreciate you, you and love you guys. Thanks definitely. for having us. You are most welcome, and we will definitely have more conversations with you guys. Mr. Scott Goyette. Thank you for bringing these beautiful people onto the show. I mean, there's so much value in what they said, and I can resonate with so many different things. What did you get out of the conversation tonight? How did it speak to you? So I I love the whole idea of, you know, early on talking about the definitions of love and that very agape mentality and that unconditional love yourself first. I mean, I preach it through Go Love Now, so um, I validate it. I think one of the important things is talking about willingness. I heard the word willingness. I was talking about awareness, then willingness. If each and every one of us who might be in a space that we can truly answer your question. I love myself and I mean it because I know when I love myself and fill my cup, I can be in service and share my gifts with others. That's what they're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. So hopefully everybody who's listening can take that step forward and love themselves just a little bit more and have the willingness to find their brilliance and share it with the world. That's all I got, Chris. That's all I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's on point. I mean, that's when when the answers are simple, that means they're more succinct. Yeah. And I would I agree wholeheartedly with you. I mean, I think that when I was wa- listening to them talk and I was thinking about my own personal journey because I did not like people. I did not want to be around people. Um, and throughout my entire journey about not trusting people like David was saying or and just uh, Giselle, what both were saying, yeah. for me, it's about that 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 desire to sit there and say, what can I what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And especially what, can, what am I making this to mean about me? And I think that's, that's part and parcel of why I'm still here today and why I continue to grow. And the fact that we all will go through those, those hills, those peaks and those valleys. And it's when we're in those valleys that it's important for us to sit there and say, okay, instead of reacting to what's happening around me, how can I sit there and take it in and respond and think about, you know, like Dr. Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change for me in my journey, you know, I sit there and I think about, I was talking to somebody earlier today about, you know, how I was in my twenties and my thirties. 
I mean, I'm still the same person pretty much, but the growth that I've experienced, I, I would love to go back and talk to some of these people who I have not seen in 20 years. They would probably be blown away at how much I've changed because of that desire to sit there and say, you know what? I'm not going to remain a victim. And I think that's one of the, yeah. one of the topics that we said tonight here is you can choose to remain in that victim standpoint. Like, you know, I've, I've shared with you about my sister. I was just reminding my wife about this, that it would blew my mind that she did not see my mom for like over 25 years yet. She turned out exactly like her. And I, she chose to be that victim. She chose to be a victim of her childhood. And whereas I chose to sit there and say, because she asked me, she goes, how did you not turn, like mom, turn out like mom? You were with her all those years. And I'm like, I chose not to be like mom because I made an active a choice and took active actions in my life to find out what successful people do. How do they act? How do they respond? How do they heal themselves? I personally have gone to, to, to counseling and to therapists and have coaches and, and mentors and masterminds and things of that nature. I've always been thirsty for that growth. I think that's important for everybody here tonight to recognize. Number one, like I love how David said it, do I even like myself? And if I don't like myself, what are some aspects and how, what, what can I do to change? And one of the first things we can do is we can change is the people we hang out with. You know, so many times we're, we're looking for external validation from these people who want their approval or we're hanging out from with them because there's the, 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 what's it not, not sunk cost bias, the, the like-mindedness, the group think yeah. like, oh, everybody thinks like me, I'm going to move to Florida because everybody thinks like me. Sure. Um, I think it's confirmation bias. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important tonight for everybody out there to sit there and take from this conversation to really think about who you are and where you're at in this, this journey and how it is that you, you can continue to grow and not remain complacent and stale and find more of that love in your life. Because I mean, even just since knowing you and go love now and working with you in the coaching programs, you know, love is the, 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 the defining factor because you said it so perfectly. And now I use it. You can look through life through one of two lenses, that lens of love or that lens of fear. And so when you look through that lens of fear and that lens is tarnished, you know, how many different things in your life and your actions are going to be impacted by that fear, as opposed to sitting there and saying, like, I love how Giselle said it, like looking at it from pure love. And so I think that's, that's what I got from the conversation tonight. And I hope all you guys out there in viewership land and podcast land got that as well. I love it. You love it. See what I did there? I love it. I love, I love it. And so we love you guys. I'm going to I'll just sit here and highlight all the beautiful people. We got Robert Broker in the house. Thank you, Robert, for being here. We got Mary Kay in the house. She says, yep, my grandmother, my grandfather abandoned my dad, aunt and grandma. There's still residual effects on that, uh, on my dad, my hero. Um, we got Samuel Sneed. What's up, Samuel in the house? He says, hey, uh, we need, we get to break the generational chains. We become aware we are wrapped in them in too many ways. Absolutely. Um, Robert uh, is in here. He says, you go, well, whoops, you know, I didn't want to hide something about, he's talking about cats. Robert's very verbose. Um, and we appreciate you guys being here. Jacqueline Rose in the house. Uh, I love this. I was going to, I wanted to highlight this before Samuel says people can only give to the level that they give themselves. That's good. And so many are not taught how to give it all. This is where grace abounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we just want to invite you guys, if you're listening here on the podcast or here um, on the video cast that to please go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there, join the Facebook community. Let me and Scott know what topics, what type of guests you would want here for the conversation, because this is really what it is. Just like tonight, it's just a conversation with, with our guests, you know, at a bar or a coffee shop and just learning how we can grow together, how we can make this world a little bit better place. So go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Let us know. We've got a lot of exciting shows, a lot of exciting guests coming up designed to impact you guys and so we can all together grow and be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And with that, I believe that's it. That is it. Totally beep, unfiltered. Beep, beep. We've experienced it. Jump into it. We love you guys. Beep, 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 beep. Go have a beautiful weekend, people. <laughs> we love you.